Yeah, well, I've been defriended by, like, <clears throat> exes of my friends before. Oh, yeah, I don't mind that. But yeah. when it's, like, a, a natural person who you thought was a friend. <laughs> a real friend. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was a real friend. <laughs> like, I, you know, we never dated or anything like that. It was like we were good friends at school. We had a great time together. Well, obviously you felt that way. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I swear, man, she loved me. You know, we were like so close. Welcome back to the Voices in Japan podcast. On today's episode, Ben and I talk about technology in Japan. With the bullet trains, high-spec, high-quality electronics like televisions, small electronics components that it supplies to other countries, robots that it manufactures for assembly lines and factories all around the world, the success of electric vehicles starting with the Prius and the countless number of anime about cyborgs and a future filled with robots battling each other. Japan is widely viewed as a technology leader. But what about in everyday life? There's actually many examples that show how Japan is pretty far behind the times and Ben and I discuss those on today's episode. If you enjoy the podcast, please remember to leave us a rating and review on iTunes and of course... Please check us out on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Voices in Japan. And now, on to the episode. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Voices in Japan podcast. Ben and I are back. Uh, we are recording from my place, and the reason I bring this up is because recently there was an earthquake that happened in Japan, a pretty big earthquake, and I was actually sitting at this table, and these lights right here started swinging, but I didn't even feel the building moving. And I asked my wife, I was like, is there an earthquake happening right now? And she was, cause she was sitting on that couch and she was like, no, what are you talking about? And I was like, look at these lights. And the lights were like going like this, swinging back and forth. And, uh, the blinds were also swinging a little bit. So yeah, the, I mean, A, I guess this building has really good earthquake technology cause she didn't even notice the earthquake happening. But B, it was actually a pretty big earthquake that happened in what they call Northern Japan, which is, as you've pointed out before, strangely, not Hokkaido, but it's actually the northern part of Honshu. So there was a big earthquake recently in Niigata. Did you hear I about I heard this? about that, yeah. Did what, you feel it? No, what time was it? It was at about 10 o'clock. In the morning? No, in the evening. Uh, it was like 10.20 or something, 10.30 in the no, evening. I didn't, I didn't feel it at all. You didn't feel yeah, it? Well, I remember going to work the next day and people <clears> mentioning it. But yeah, is it, it because the they felt it or... Cause just because they read it in the news. Yeah, well, it was actually pretty big news because it was big. It was like a 6.6 on the uh, on the Japanese scale. There wasn't too many casualties. In fact, I don't know if there were any casualties. But was a, there was a lot of injuries in Yamagata Prefecture, Niigata Prefecture. No tsunami, right? No. Well, there was a tsunami warning for like the first two hours of like a meter or something because it was pretty big. So all the news for at that point or all the TV channels were just all about whether or not this tsunami was going to arrive or not. Uh, but yeah, hopefully it's not a sign of uh, something big uh, that might may come again later. Like I think pre-quake. Yeah, we've talked about it before. I kind of get a little bit nervous. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure you do too. Whenever. Man, I, I get nervous all the time now. I keep, uh, every time I go out, 
I keep thinking about buying batteries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because so I've got loads of batteries at home now. <laughs> yeah, do you have? Uh, oh, you have a? Did you say you have a hand charger? Yeah, or? we've got a hand charger. So we've got a hand charger um, that could charge a phone if it runs out of batteries, but it takes about five hours to. You got to wind the generator for five hours oh, to really? get your phone hundred percent. Yeah, so instead, uh, yeah, we're just gonna go for batteries. But I realized that I don't have all of the sizes that I need, hmm. so I don't have double A size, okay. which I think is the most common. Yeah, right. So <laughs> you don't have any of those. No, because I, I, I actually thought AAA was the most common. Oh. So I bought a ton of AAA batteries, and uh, the big fat ones. I think just A, maybe. I think they're D. D, maybe yeah. D. Yeah. yeah. But I don't have the main ones which I need, so I'm gonna remind myself again next time I go out, double A batteries for yeah. the next earthquake because I think it's definitely coming. But we're pretty much prepared. We got a portable toilet that we bought off uh, Amazon. Yeah, that's probably about be two months ago. I get one of those. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. So I go, it's just it's basically just a cardboard box with a bin bag in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> but like, it's just something to sit on. You know? Well, it's much better than having nothing, man. Right, better than squatting. Yeah. But the reason I bring this up is because uh, what happened is there's a nuclear power plant in that area. Did you hear about this? No, I didn't. And uh, the people of the nuclear power plant sent the message because uh, the, they were instructed, I think, from the mayor. I might not be getting this right, but I think the mayor instructed them to send a fax uh, because of what happened in 2011 in Fukushima. Uh, to send a fax that indicated what the condition were, conditions were at the nuclear power plant. And, uh, the people checked the wrong box <laughs> <laughs> and they sent it by fax. And they, it was basically that they checked the box that said that there was a meltdown happening. Oh my God, really? <laughs> yeah. And I think it took like 20 or 30 minutes for them to realize that they had made the mistake and then they had to issue like this, uh, reannounce that nothing was actually happening. That's the like, crazy thing. They, they, they faxed it. It's still well, using a fax machine. Well, yeah, yeah. So that was the thing. Cause, so, okay. We'll get good into segue. Good yeah, segue. Good segue. So today's topic is about the technology, but it was just so ridiculous. They were sending this message by fax and they were checking a paper box or a box on the piece of paper and sending it. So yeah, Japan uh, is this country that's looked at as very, you know, very tech technology, like ahead of the game. But in reality, there are things that are actually very, very behind. And faxing is one of them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's, that's a huge one. I mean, even... A lot of the schools I work, worked at, they had fax machines and it was incredulous to see, you know, and I think a lot of businesses and banks still use them. In England, I'm pretty sure no one uses fax machines anymore. It's like emailing, right? It's emailing, scanning. But even in Japan, like a lot of people don't really email, like especially business wise. I don't know about, about your company, Berg, but I remember when some of the schools I worked at, no one had like they they would never email you things, you know, especially like to other stuff. Like I remember in England when I was working, we would always email things to each other, like documents, um, if we had a meeting, a schedule and stuff like that. But in Japan, the schools I worked at, they never sent emails to each other to communicate. It was always by face. It was always face to face. Um, and they would always meet together and everything would be printed out 
ready to go, but everyone would get like a printout. But if you emailed someone, you know, it's way more efficient, it's quicker, you don't have to waste paper. And that's one thing which Japan is really behind on, I think. They love printing out documents and having meetings and discussing things when I think, you know, why don't you just send someone an email, let them think about it, reply, and then maybe have a meeting if you need a meeting, you know. But in, in Japan, it's almost like they want to just have meetings, even if there's no real purpose. Well, this is, uh, you're spot on with all this stuff. I did some research uh, about all of this. And uh, yeah, one of the big things that people notice about Japan being behind the times is the fax machines. Uh, another thing, just exactly like you were saying, emails. Uh, a lot of companies do not use emails as much as they do overseas. Sometimes it's for security reasons. But actually, sometimes it's just because of software that they're using on their computer systems is also like 10 years behind. Even now people will be using like windows from like 2003. And they were saying that it's uh, because Japan is usually five, if not 10 years behind uh, overseas uh, countries to adopt new technologies. And do you have any guesses of why this might be? Why they're behind in technology. Yeah. Why do things uh, sometimes take up to five or ten years to be adopted in Japan uh, after they've already been adopted overseas? Is it something to do with red tape? Bureaucracy uh, is definitely... Bureaucracy has something to do with it. And maybe a, a lot of the new technology, they're kind of wary of. So they have to have a lot of time debating and discussing whether these things should be accepted. That is uh, exactly one of the other reasons, too. Um, I don't know the other one. There's, there's more. Well, there's one very, very main uh, reason. Um, the- discrimination, because it's a diff. Oh, I got it. I got it. Because it's not a Japanese company, so they don't want them to take over the Japanese companies in Japan. Oh, so it's kind of like protection. Right. They're yeah. trying to keep it. Uh, that might be true to some extent. That wasn't uh, brought up in the specific article that I uh, was checking out. All right. Um, racism. <laughs> <laughs> racism against technology? Or racism against, against uh, non- non-Japanese products, technologies. Yeah. Uh, Xenophobia. You know, <laughs> that actually may be, that was definitely not brought up in this article, but I'm not going to say that's uh, not out of the realm of possibility. All right, I know. They... Um, they couldn't afford the training to use the new technology, so they had take a, had to take more time to raise the money to fund that training. Or they could have uh, they could have afforded it, but they refused to, or something, right? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Actually, the main reason that this specific article article talked about, and it was in BBC actually from a couple of years ago. But it said something like over 95% or even up to 98% of uh, companies in Japan are SMEs, small or medium-sized enterprises. So there are actually not too many large uh, companies in Japan. Obviously, there's the ones that people know about, Sony, uh, Panasonic, uh, some of these well-known big uh, companies are out there. But 
Yeah, some crazy statistic like 98% of companies in Japan are these small or medium-sized enterprises, and a lot of them are extremely conservative. So because all of those companies are ex extremely conservative, and for these some of these reasons you were bringing up, they do not adopt these new technologies, and because of that, those new technologies are required to be used by basically everyone. Is that to do with money like as well, because they have to pay more money for these new technologies? Maybe at a higher price. Maybe some in some cases it would have to do with money, but I think just more so it's just a very conservative way of thinking, especially the older generation in the company, and the older generation still has the seniority and the power within the company. Right. Like my own experiences uh, working at companies uh, in Japan, uh, there was one example where uh, it was introducing a new computer system into the company. But uh, something that's very big in Japan is instead of like using a very standardized system from overseas, the companies will want to develop their own system. Part of this, again, has to do with trust. So, yeah, they just refuse to kind of look at new technology. And just like you were saying now, one of the big things is like on top of email overseas, like most companies use uh, cloud sharing, right. Dropbox or, you know, Google Drive or these things. A lot of Japanese companies will refuse to use even the big ones because they, they, for reasons of like security or distrust. And, and that's the reason why they're lagging behind. So it's kind of their own fault why they're lagging behind. Exactly. They lag behind <clears throat> in, uh, in adoption. And that has a huge effect on productivity within the company because all these new technologies that could be improving productivity, A, they refuse to adopt them. And because of that, they have a lot of like human intensive labor being done, uh, where it could be replaced by better te technology or something. And again, that's something that can be said both ways, like low un unemployment rate because of this way of thinking. But at the same time, I think Japan is known as having the lowest level of uh, productivity out of any of the OECD countries. So, so why, so why do they have this reputation of being so techno technologically advanced? Well, because on the flip side, you have Japan like developing bullet trains or robot tech, you know, you see all these things with robots and everything. So on, in some spheres of technology, they're like light years ahead. Yeah. It seems to be more of a surface kind though, right? Like for, for show, to yeah. show the world, you know, like, especially with the robots, the, the Honda, the Honda robot that can like run in a circle. Yeah. You know, like they've put all this money into developing that but it's not a true reflection of what its technology is really like in Japan. But one thing they, they are ahead, which is ubiquitous in Japan is toilets, toilet oh, yeah. seats. Yeah. That is one thing where they're way ahead of any country in the world, right? They have the best toilet seats in the world. I, I love them. I love them. I mean, they're always heated. They, uh, function as obviously the, the B day, the cleaner, uh, music. Some of them have music now, right? Like yeah. They play like sometimes some classical music. Yeah. Um, some of them have maybe even air freshener, I think, but a lot of them make noises. Some of them are automatic now. Some of the lids are automatic. Yeah. Yeah. And people, especially the Chinese tourists, 
they come and they buy a stack load of these toilet seats and just ship them back to China and, and sell them and they, they can make huge money. Well, the uh, last place we lived in had an electronic uh, toilet seat that would open when you come in the room. And so when we moved into this place, even though it's a newer place, I was always like, where the heck is the toilet seat coming up? You know, like <laughs> I was a little bit disappointed in it. But one thing that's I noticed about toilets too, I mean, we've kind of talked about this before, but uh, not this specifically, but the flushing power. The flushing power of toilets in Japan is always pretty strong, whereas overseas, man, you don't always get like the uh, full power that you may require. You especially, know? especially in Southeast Asian countries, yeah. like there's you got to be very careful about how much how much tissue paper you throw down the down the hole. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> High risk of blockage. Yeah. In those countries. I like not in Japan though. Not no. Japan. Well, this place, this new toilet we have here, man, that thing has like a jet like uh, engine powering the flush on it that's pretty Jet suckage yeah and it like and it flushes you know if, i mean I think there's a lot of places actually have toys to flush for you but this one uh works pretty well flushing for you actually actually too so but yeah the toilets are definitely ahead of the times yeah i know a lot of things that they're behind on you know like you said emailing computers but you know atm machines yeah so ATM machines, they're not even open 24 hours a day. They they close at 9 o'clock. You know, if you need money on a night out, if you run out of money, you, you can't go to an ATM machine. you got to have a credit card or you got to walk home. Yeah, sometimes they even close before that, like 6 p.m. or something. And uh, But you know what? I have heard uh, that they are actually, some of the major banks especially, are now uh, trying to push people to online bake on towards online banking in japan see that's another thing like in mm. our home countries online banking is what everyone does and it's like in japan they're still trying to catch up on that like they're trying to make people do online bank because most people don't yeah. everyone goes to the the atm machine to put money in to transfer to someone to check their accounts they got a little bank book that you go to the atm <clears throat> machine put it in it prints it all out yeah exactly so inefficient well that's the reason why they're saying that they're trying to push people to online bank banking is because of the uh, bank books uh there's a system in japan where you have to buy stamps uh for official documents like for example when we bought our apartment you have to buy a stamp to put onto the official document maybe you remember like when you went for uh, visa renewal. Yeah, yeah. You have yeah. to buy stamps. So it's a system called Inchise, uh, where you have to buy these stamps to put on these pieces of paper. And apparently, whenever banks issue a bank book to a new customer, they have to, part of the process is they have to put one of these stamps on that paper related to this new account being opened. And each one of those costs like 500 yen. So where, so where do you get those stamps? Just from the convenience store or something? Well, in this case, uh, this is the bank that has to buy the stamps. But for our cases, yeah, like uh, for visa renewal or something, there was a special convenience store at the uh, Immigration Bureau that sold the stamps. Uh, when you go to buy your license, they have a special window where you buy these stamps. So the banks were having to buy the stamps. And so it costs like 500 yen each time a person's opening an account. So this is obviously creating like a huge cost for the for the banks. So because of that, they're trying to eliminate people using uh, ATMs or having to issue these bank books. And so it's a way to kind of push people towards online banking. Oh, good. So they're finally getting people to do online banking. I wonder why it took them so long. Well, yeah. Well, that's, you know why? So this is another thing we can talk about is uh, cash and credit cards in Japan. 
people are surprised very much by this when they come to Japan and uh, find out that a lot of people are walking around with hundreds of dollars in their wallet regularly. Yeah, you can、uh, you can probably rob someone and get get quite a good amount of money. But、you、like、could. back at home, you could you're just gonna get their credit cards. There's all this opportunity right around them. Yeah, right? yeah. like little punks and stuff. You I know, know like in the park. Like, People walking around with giant wallets sticking out the back of their pocket. Yeah, so I, I guess granted, a lot of them have chains, chains on their wallets now, but a lot、Maybe. of them don't. A lot of them, them don't. don't. No, I always see them on the subway, like this dude with a long man wallet. You know, it's like probably double a regular wallet, right, in length, and it's always like sticking out of their pocket. I'm just like, I, I could just nab that real easily, just run off, and then you're not going to catch me. Yeah, you know? but yeah, in Japan. Every man has that, I think. I mean, what what kind of wallet do you have? You don't have a Japanese style, do you, Burke? I've got a. My wife bought me a wallet for my present. It's not like one of those big, long Japanese men wallets. It's a, but it's a nice wallet. But it's just regular size. Regular size, yeah, yeah. yeah me too. I got regular one. But I think like none of our <laughs> friends have a Japanese style man purse wallet. Oh no, they would.、Uh, they would take a lot of heat for that. Yeah, but yeah. all the Japanese guys have them. They don't have the wallets that. We kind of have right、yeah. Western style ones, yeah. Because yeah. I guess I guess it's normal to have those those big wallets, but they just don't seem very、uh, efficient, you know. In terms of they don't really fit in your pocket, and they stick out, and people could easily steal it. Yeah, yeah. but people don't obviously they don't do that in Japan. Yeah, and so again, because it's such a, a lot of people are walking around with cash,、uh, they're not using credit cards. And do you know why there's not? Uh, as high of credit card adoption in Japan as overseas. I used to think it's just because everybody loved cash. Well, which is actually part of it. One of the reasons is that people really believe that cash,、uh, cash makes well, it's king, <laughs> but it's a、uh, it's a lot more convenient in Japan. It's very easy to whip it out and pay for,、uh, for things. Whereas,、uh, you know, stores aren't always. Well set up or equipped with their credit card technology, or their clerks don't really not understand it, how to use it that well. It's not so much that way here in Sapporo because it's a big city, but、uh, yeah. So a lot of people just prefer to throw out some cash and finish the transaction transaction very quickly. Plus, like the way they count cash here is really cool.、They、yeah, them, like flip through the bills and stuff. Yeah, I kind of like that. They they have a, a set way of giving you change as well, which is really cool. Like everyone has to do it properly, right? Like they have to make sure that all the notes are facing the right way. They're like flat. They're stiff. And then they flick it, like they count it, so you can see it really clearly. Yeah, when they're counting, it's like psh, 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 yeah, psh, yeah, yeah, it's amazing, it's pretty、man. cool. Yeah, I mean, they definitely had training to do that. Yeah, but yeah, no, I don't, I don't know why they credit cards. Yeah, yeah. but I reckon. Well, my first thought was, you know, they're trying to trying to skim the books or something because obviously, if you、uh, receive cash, cash. Yeah. yeah, you can hide your true. Revenue, true earnings, and stuff like that. But I, I, I guess that is not the reason, though. But that could be a reason. It could be one reason. But a lot of big companies don't take credit card either. So it's usually the big companies that would adopt it, and then the smaller companies wouldn't.、Right? Yeah.、Uh, so it's actually apparently, and I don't know too many of the details about this, but from a little bit that I looked up, it's actually a lot of the.、Uh, Fees from the credit card companies to the companies that use credit card technology are very, very high. So, in fact, it's not necessarily the shoppers or the consumers or the people that don't
uh, like using credit cards, but it's actually the businesses themselves that have like to avoid uh, implementing credit card technology for their transactions because of the very, very high fees that they're having to pay. So it's basically the credit card company, not is it the credit card companies charging the fee, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. so it's basically their fault, so they yeah. should lower their fees. Yeah, and uh, it's really funny because they're saying like, uh, you know, Chinese tourists who come over here in China apparently, like they use hardly any cash now. Almost everything is either like through your phone or uh, through credit card or some other electronic payment. And they come to Japan all of a sudden they're like thrown back 30 years where you got to walk around with a few hundred dollars in your wallet or something. Have you ever paid using your phone before? No. And it's just starting to pick up in Japan now. So like I've been in Japan too long probably because I don't know anywhere that uses that whole phone payment system. Oh, really? Like know? some of the local supermarkets now, when you check out, you can just... In, in Japan? Yeah, yeah. But what about overseas? Like, oh. say, like, in, in our home countries, because I haven't been back to England in, like, three years. Oh, I think it's... I think, like, Apple Pay and stuff is pretty big. Oh, actually, I don't know if it's big or not, but I think a lot of people are, yeah, using digital wallets and stuff on their phone. So how, how does that work? Uh, yeah, to be honest, I don't know either, because I've never used it. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, people listen to this are like, these guys are, <laughs> <laughs> these guys are old. <laughs> people have been in Japan too long, man. Like Japanese people. Uh, yeah, I don't know how it works. I mean, I think some of it might be just like, uh, based on distance where it might be like QR code based or something. <laughs> like, listen to us talking about Or is it like linked to your bank account right somehow? <laughs> like a direct debit of your phone? Scan, no, there's scan something, there's something that, I mean, no, there's some technology <laughs> that does it. <laughs> Some kind of magic, black magic or something that makes it work. I don't it, know. it takes the money from your phone. Abracadabra. Like, like a hand that sneaks into the phone, into your pocket, and takes it out of your wallet. And puts it in. <coughs> Man, that's crazy because like now your phone has everything. It's like almost without your phone, you couldn't survive. Because it has so much information there, all your personal details, yeah, phone numbers, contact details, and calendars, schedules, just, just music. To, yeah, but it's just exposing yourself to get like all of that information stolen. Right, you put all your eggs in one basket. Yeah. You can't do that. Which is like another Japanese way to think. That's why they avoid a lot of these technologies because they have this fear of connecting to the outside world. And I kind of wonder if it has to do with this whole like goes back to this whole like island mentality. Remember when like Japan was like closed off to the whole world and stuff, you know, and and there's a little bit of distrust there about uh, being connected to the outside world. So that's why they say like they don't use some of these like cloud uh, computing computers in companies and and stuff because they're a little bit worried about uh, like hacking or something like that. Well, hacking is a big thing, obviously, yeah, but just like exposure to the outside world. So yeah, yeah hacking. Or maybe they just don't know enough about the technology as well because when you don't know enough about it then that could be quite worrying. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't trust a lot of technology. I do use a lot of it, but like clouds and stuff, I try to kind of stay away from. Uh-huh. And using, you know, like having to enter passwords and stuff, I'm very wary of, you know, like websites that want your personal details. I kind of stay stay away from that. Why is that? Do you think it's because you've been in Japan or you've just always been that way? I think what? I've always been that way. I'm a bit distrusting of... Um, governments you know and i think a lot of privacy issues with like social media especially so i, d- I don't use facebook anymore i don't trust it anymore 
you know, just because of the whole... For what? You know, there was that whole uh, Zuckerberg <clears throat> oh, right. incident. But when you say you don't use it anymore, you don't use it for what? I don't, like, put, post anything. I don't put any information. No, you don't you use know. Facebook? No. I, I, like, I use it for Messenger, just for, like, messaging friends and stuff. But I also try to keep that very, you know, um, what's the word? Where I can, there's plausible deniability. <laughs> Even in Messenger? Yeah, yeah. When I send messages on any any kind of anything that's online, emails, messenger services, I always try to, you know, write in a plausible deniability way. Well, I kind of do that to a certain extent too, but not too much, man. Because, I mean, even nowadays, like, they have those technologies that they're putting out there where they're like – I mean, the latest one was actually a Mark Zuckerberg thing where they had that whole video created of him speaking and saying something, but it wasn't really him. Right. And then Facebook. Is that? is that like some kind of app or something? Or it's just like people being able to manipulate like video footage or stuff? I think like it's that? like, yeah, taking, gathering a lot of data and then being able to manipulate and, and reproduce something. Right. So it's yeah. like he's saying something, but he actually didn't say it. But yeah. It looks so real. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's insane. Yeah, so you can hold on to your plausible de- deniability <laughs> how you want, but, you know, like, there's, you can't really get away from it now right. unless you, like, completely disconnect. Right. Stuff, so. That's the only other option, right? Complete disconnect. Actually, when you came over, did they have smartphones here? No, no, they didn't have smartphones. Yeah, yeah so flip phones... When I first came here and I first got my first Japanese phone, it's a flip phone and it had a, uh, you know, I had like a internet connection, which was really slow, obviously back then, but it had a camera and actually like the screen could t- turn into a mirror. And I thought it was like the most amazing thing. And I was bragging about it to like my friends and everything. And like smartphones came out and just kind of erased all of the fancy technology. Well, actually, like they were, phones. they were quick with the flip phones, right? <clears throat> I think they were ahead with the flip phone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they were a lot farther ahead. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I remember when I first came and everyone back at home was like, how are the phones out there? Because they had this reputation for being amazing, like way quicker, higher speed. I think it was like 4G. You know, we had like 4G here, but it was like 3G in Western countries. And they had these crazy flip phones. <laughs> and people used to talk about them all the time. And they were they were really good here. But yeah, as soon as the smartphone came out, but that came out in the West first, right? Yeah. And then they shipped them all to Japan. But I, th- I think now they're probably equal with the smartphones, aren't they? Maybe with the apps and stuff as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for sure. But they were ahead with definitely with the flip phones. That was one thing. Yeah. And some, one thing toilets. was kind of strange. <laughs> toilets, man. I keep, love those toilets, man. I keep bringing them up. Uh, but another thing is uh, even now a lot of people still carry flip phones. Uh, they actually carry two phones and because one is uh, required for work and one is required for like personal use. And so there's this word called, uh, what is it called? Uh, garake, garake, I think. Is that the, f- the flip phone, right? Garake. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They walk around with, and it's like based on like Galapagos Island, Keitai. Basically yeah. saying it's like, you know. Well, I, I heard a lot of people going back from smartphones back to their flip phones because some people think it's also kind of cool, you know, but also they're trying to almost go against the whole smartphone social media frontier that is blowing up around the world. You know, they, they don't want to get too involved into it because 
social media is very, you know, time consuming. And it's because of smartphones is why people are just getting swept up in it all. But if you've got a flip phone, you don't have those functions anymore. You can't just like go on Facebook and, you know, go on Twitter, Instagram, anything like that. Yeah. So I know some friends that have gone back to the flip phone. So those phones are actually becoming more popular and they're cheaper too. Yeah. Cheaper monthly fee. Wait, these are friends supply. in Japan? Or yeah, friends yeah, friends yeah. in Japan. Yeah. Uh, maybe the last thing I want to bring up uh, is Honkos. Honkos, yeah. Yeah, Honkos. Inkan, Inkan. Inkan, yeah. The, the, the stamp, your, your own personal stamp, right, yeah. is to... It's basically used in Japan instead of a signature, which this is such a old fashioned way of signing documents and it makes no sense whatsoever. Only, only got one recently actually, probably in the last four years since I've been in Japan. But you probably got one when you first came here. No, from, I didn't. Not even from, uh, the, you didn't get one from Eon? No, no, I, I just signed. I signed everything. Oh, really? Yeah. They didn't, they didn't give you one? No. No. Oh really? They gave me one when I came. Oh right, really? They yeah. made you one for you. They made it for yeah. They made uh, one for everybody, and they chose the kanji characters for you too. And but they would do it based on like your the phonetic, you know, phonetics of your first name. And so you know, in Japanese, my name Burke is Baku, and so they chose like Baku, like three characters. And the first one was like Ba from Basho or place. Second one was Ah from, it means like Asia. And the last one was Ku, like uh, from Hisashibuya yeah, a long time. that's pretty cool. So they gave you that when you started working? Yeah, it was really cool for a person as a foreign. And that's what the same one I used to like open my bank accounts and everything. You still use that now? Well, so that's the thing. Like, so when you get this, you're like, wow, man, this is really awesome. But like anyone who sees it, they just like start laughing because they're like, nobody has these characters. Oh, that's cute. Oh, this says your name. Oh, you know, so it just kind of becomes one of this thing where like, you know, everyone's, you know, just kind of teasing you about it. <laughs> Japanese people, because they're like, what is this? Like, I've never seen these characters before. Oh, did you make this? And so now it just all turns into, yeah, I didn't make this. Somebody made it for me. Like, I didn't choose these. I kind of like it. But still, like, just get sick of people, like, asking about it, you know? Right. And actually, you're supposed to have three types of honko. One is for very official situations like that, like buying a car, buying a house. Uh, one, I think, is uh, for maybe something like opening bank accounts or something. And the last one is just, like, everyday usage. But so, yeah, you're actually supposed to have three different types. And the most f fancy ones or the fanciest ones can run up to like a few hundred dollars or something. So do you have one of those? Yeah. That's Cause when we got married, uh, I got one of those, I but I got all three at the same time. And to be honest, I think altogether we paid like maybe a couple hundred dollars, but it was for three. Do you, do you have to have them? Uh, you're supposed to, for certain things like uh, certain official documents at the, uh, like city hall and stuff. Yeah. You're supposed to have, So I have, all I have is a cheap hundred yen one. Yeah, from the hundred yen store. But they'll probably, let you, they'll probably let you use it, except like if you want to buy a house or something, they'll probably advise you in advance to go get an official one made. Yeah, but how can they tell that that one is different from that one? Because the stamp emblem or your sign is the same, right? Yeah. Well, it actually changes a little bit, like 
uh, the style becomes, especially for like Japanese people, you can tell when it's a, an official one, the style of the kanji and everything is much different than the regular one. But also I think it has to do with the size. To be honest, I don't know exactly what it is, but the official one is definitely usually uh, much larger. So I, I, I think this, this system is pretty <clears throat> ridiculous too, because what if someone gets hold of your hanko? They could use that and they can just pretend that they're you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, the, even these honkos are saying that they're going to start get, getting rid of them. The banks are. They're finally, uh, especially some of the major banks have, uh, decided to get rid of the honkos just because. And go with signature. Uh, it doesn't necessarily, actually, it's for, uh, I think for more digital, uh, types of payments, letting, uh, it says letting customers, uh, using smartphones or tablets instead of instead of pressing wood to ink and paper mm-hmm. like their ancestors. Yeah, so this article is kind of teasing a little bit, saying Japan has decided to get rid of the 1800s technology. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I think uh, might be about that time. We are about that time. Uh, any last words? Uh, well, yeah, just uh, one thing. If you are thinking of coming and traveling to Japan, then do not be too surprised if uh, you run into some places where you can't use a credit card or it's a little bit difficult. So maybe get ready to ca- carry a couple hundred dollars of cash in your pocket, but don't be too uh, worried about it because a lot of people are that way. Yeah, and, uh, and also if you like the podcast, leave a review and ratings on iTunes. If you leave us a review... We'll, uh, we'll read them out. We'll read them out on a podcast. Actually, I have one here, and this is by J8Yun via Apple Podcast, Great Britain. Five stars. Title is Great Listen. The guys talk about their insight to Japan as foreigners from UK and USA. I'd like to hear special guests you can get to give other points of view, such as British American woman, and also how do local Japanese see foreigners? Waiting for your next episode, guys. Kiss. This person, yeah, wants to hear more about, yeah, from a, a w- woman's point of view. Uh, so maybe hopefully in the future we'll be able to get some guests yeah. of that kind of nature. Yeah, put some guests on there. And uh, as always, of course, please uh, continue to check us out on social media. And want to give a shout out to uh, this guy, Chris, man. He's been really active on there. Uh, a lot of interaction with him, so keep yeah. It up, cheers, man. Chris. Cheers for following us on social media and stuff too. Yeah, and uh, thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you guys next time. Thanks.